Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. National Nurses Week begins each year on May 6th and ends on May 12th, Florence Nightingale's birthday. The nursing profession has been supported and promoted by the American Nurses Association, the ANA, since 1896. Nurse Julia, what is the theme for this year's Nurses Week? So the American Nurse Association Enterprise joins the World Health Organization and global colleagues in extending the year of the nurse into 2021. This recognition built on the increased visibility of nurses' contributions from 2020 and ANA's expansion of National Nurses Week to Nurses Month in May. So in light of this national holiday, this week on COVID Noise Filter, we'll be honoring nurses all week long. Nurses' Mental Health. Now, nurses are a crucial backbone to our survival of the COVID-19 pandemic. They work intense hours and see some of the darkest parts of the pandemic, yet they continue to work for the betterment and safety of the community around them. Nevertheless, nurses' mental health and well-being has taken a toll to the impact of COVID-19. Yeah, in January, a survey of nearly 1,700 nurses said that 8 out of 10 indicated that their mental health was impacted by the pandemic. 6 in 10 nurses noted that their physical health was suffering. Constantly, many nurses experience a cloud of fear lingering over their heads. One nurse states, After a shift, you start to wonder whether that shortness of breath, headache, or other vague symptoms is anything to worry about. There also exists the fear of going home to family and potentially harming them if the nurse was infected at work. Now, the WHO emphasizes that feelings of stress and anxiety are in no way a reflection of the health care workers' ability to do their job. In fact, the important key is healthy management of the stress and anxiety. The WHO recommends guidance for managers to support their teams, including ensuring that staff receive high-quality communication and accurate updates and an option to rotate workers from high-stress to low-stress functions, among others. Other helpful strategies include partnering inexperienced nurses with more experienced ones to increase support. It's also beneficial to monitor nurses' work breaks and implement mental health support services to ensure nurses have access to directly manage their stress. So, Julia, again, I I, I don't want to embarrass you, and I know that this is something that, that you did that was amazing, but how did you deal with that when you were coming home from your shifts when you were in New York City at the height of the epidemic with COVID? What happened if you felt a little fatigue or a bit of a headache or maybe some nausea just from day to day living? How did you manage that? To be honest, it was extremely uh, challenging. As you can imagine, the hysteria, you know, that fear of you're going into this environment where you're looking to care for patients, but you may be exposed yourself. So there was a lot of fear and anxiety around that. I remember my first few days in New York, I was triple masking, you know, N95 and two masks over that. And 
extra PPE when, when it was available to spare. And I remember becoming lightheaded the first few days and wondering why it didn't feel so well. And eventually it was, you know, obviously I came to realize I was taking in more CO2 than I was probably blowing out, but you know, yeah, there was a lot of fear, you know, any the slightest headache or the slightest cough to clear your throat, you know, it was also during flu season was still active during that time. So there was still lots of other reasons to cough, but as you likely remember, even coughing, especially in public was a huge thing. People were very weirded out by that for lack of better words. So yeah. Yeah. I used to call it cough phobic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, well, people were scared to clear their throats. It was wild. Absolutely. And I know that I've said it once, but I just want to make sure we say it again. Everybody here at the COVID Noise Filter family, thanks you, Nurse Julia, and all the nurses across the country and across the world for the amazing work that they've not only been doing since the advent of nursing, not only for the work that they will continue to do in the future, but thank you to all nurses for the amazing amazing work that you did in 2020, 2021. Two nurses donate their organs to strangers. All right. So this past year, medical professionals have carried an immense amount of stress and have given everything they could to help those suffering from the pandemic. Now, two nurses gave everything they had, and then they gave more. They gave the gift of life by giving their organs to strangers. So here are their inspirational stories. Julia? When Valerie saw Nave, 37, an oncology nurse at Baptist Health's Miami Cancer Institute, learned in early 2020 that a cancer patient her age needed a liver transplant, she decided to get tested to see if she was a match. During the process, it turned out that she wasn't the best match for the patient, but there was another person who she was the perfect match for, and their family was a match for the patient, so they decided to do a swap. However, a few weeks before the October 2020 surgery, Sal Nave's patient backed out. But Sal Nave decided to continue with her organ donation anyway, even though she didn't know the recipient's identity. And she said, I chose to continue because I had already made that commitment. That's not something you just take away from somebody, whether you know them or not. She became what is known as an altruistic donor, which means the donor doesn't know anything about the recipient and the recipient decides if they want to meet the donor or have contact. Salnave recently talked to her liver recipient for the first time over the phone. Note, in liver transplants, only part of the liver is removed because the organ regenerates. The two plan to meet in October for their one-year checkup. But first, Salnave wants to raise awareness about living organ donation. A lot of people don't know you can do that, that you can donate your liver, your kidney, even your lungs, she said. And if you get somebody off the national registry, you're helping multiple people because you're saving that person's life. And then the other people on the list get to move up one more spot. So let's hear about Bruna Martins, 36, a nurse in the neonatal intensive care unit at the Broward General Medical Center. She spends her time caring for ill and premature newborns. But a recent selfless act benefited the husband of a coworker when she gave him her kidney. Bruna and Helene Molino, a unit secretary in the pediatric intensive care unit at Broward General, had never met before the organ donation. In late 2019, Molino posted on Facebook that her husband, Frank, then 58, was desperate for a kidney. 
Bruna saw the post and was moved to act, so she got tested for blood type and antibodies and learned that she was a good match for Frank. Bruna said that she initially wanted to keep the organ donation quiet. I didn't want to feel guilty if I wasn't able to donate or something went wrong, she said. She also didn't want to hear feedback that she was crazy or that she was an angel. I wasn't doing it for that, she said. Bruna and the Molinas have become like family. They spent the holidays together as well as Frank's 59th birthday, and they recently went to Disney on Ice. For their one-year anniversary, they planned to do a Disney trip. Nearly 6,000 living donations take place each year. That's about four out of every 10 donations. Nurse Valerie Salnave and Nurse Bruna Martins did what few people choose to do. They gave the gift of life, all out of the goodness of their hearts. These are amazing nurses and should be yes. celebrated and recognized. And um, wow, what, what an amazing contributions. What Absolutely. amazing souls, Julia. Yes, kudos and hats off to these nurses. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.